You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Well, good morning to you. It's great to be able to be here to share with you this morning. And wherever you are, whatever part of the world, whatever time zone you're in, whether you're watching this live or whether you're catching up with it later on, uh, you're so welcome. And it's so uh, good to be able to open God's word together because we know that his word is living and active, that every time we dig into it, there is something of real magnitude and benefit to us. Um, I want to say that if you're from Bowness and you're tuning into this, then please know you are so welcome. We want to extend our love to you uh, and say to you that when we are back in our building, when we are able to do that again, whenever that would be, you're so welcome to come and join us. Please don't feel that the doors are closed to you because they are open. Uh, if you're from Riverview Church already, we want to tell you we miss you. Uh, we miss hanging out together. We miss that kind of connected fellowship, but we are so grateful for you. YouTube and Facebook and WhatsApp and Zoom and all these things uh, through which we can kind of stay connected in a virtual sort of sense. Now, I wonder this morning, are you the kind of person that would sometimes fast forward past the boring sections of a film in order to get to the action? Or if you're reading a book, perhaps you'd skip past some of those boring chapters or maybe skim read some paragraphs with a desire to jump to the good bits or to the end of the story. You know, if you're telling a good joke and then somebody else steps up halfway through annoyingly and, and, and throws in the punchline too soon it kind of makes you want to turn their nose into a punchline right there and then but in these things timing is everything build up is necessary detail is important uh, and it's the same when we come to scripture I, I wonder how many of you if you are honest put your hands up because I can't see anyway would skip past genealogies and say Genesis 5 Exodus 6 uh, to name just a couple found throughout scripture or maybe would skip past chunks of Leviticus because it can be kind of tough going and feel like you're walking through treacle sometimes uh, what about those difficult bits in scripture, the bits that are hard to read or hard to stomach, bits that we'd rather, if we're honest, weren't part of the story. But the thing is, these are still parts of the story. They are important threads. The build-up is necessary. The details are important. Timing is everything. Now, how about us? How about our story? How about you? How about your story? Are there chapters gone by that you'd rather not remember? Some maybe that are painful, some perhaps that are shameful, maybe some that are boring or uneventful. Do we find that we want to sometimes skip past where we are in order to get to the good bits, kind of like fast forwarding past the suffering, past the difficulty or burning past the, the mundane bits? Are we perhaps finding ourselves right now looking for that light at the end of the tunnel, desperate to just fast forward past this season? I'll, I'll add here that nothing is actually random or out of control. 
it's, it's all fabric of a wider narrative, a bigger picture, a greater story, and even within the detail of our own lives. So in this pandemic season, can I just encourage you, use this time wisely. It's part of the story. It has value as such. And however tempted we are to try to fast forward and just get beyond it, we can miss something really precious, like a jewel that God is doing in the here and now. I'm actually believing that God wants to bring us, to bring you and me to a breakthrough moment in this season. I want to be careful about that language because breakthrough can be used as a buzzword for the prosperity gospel. We are not into that. So I'll state that this breakthrough that I'm talking about is not about our finances. It's not about even our circumstances or our relationships or our situations, but it's breakthrough of heart and character. These are two of the biggest mountains that need moved in our stories. As such, we need to apply faith in order to see the move. When Jesus uh, mentions this in Matthew 17, talking about faith the size of a mustard seed, being able to move mountains, and two of those big mountains are heart and character in our own lives. Uh, So we're not actually talking about a single breakthrough like, boom, my character is now perfect, but actually a series of breakthroughs, a constant movement, a growing, living faith. And the essence of faith is not that I can do this or that, that I can perform things like a magic trick. The, The essence of faith is that he is who he says he is, and that he is capable of what he says he is capable of. That's the essence of faith. It's about him, not about me. Hebrews 12 talks about the author and the finisher or the perfecter and pioneer, pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now, do we believe that? I mean, would we bet our lives upon it? So we're going to turn to scripture. We're going to go to the book of Philippians, which is in the New Testament. And uh, we're going to look at chapter one. So if you want to go there, Philippians one, chapter three, this should also come up somewhere below in the comments as well. We're going to be reading from uh, verses three to 14 in Philippians one. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may, may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. 
Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. There's purpose in this chapter in his life. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. This is such a rich text. Uh, and like everything that we find in scripture, there's perhaps much, much more going on than we would initially see with our first reading or hearing of it, because the word of God is living and active and he reveals himself to us through it. It's actually quite easy to condense this passage down to one point that God has started or authored something good in me. And in every chapter of my life, he will faithfully carry on writing my story, working on that good thing and, until it's finished, until completion. And that in itself is really encouraging because it carries the sense that for those who are in Christ, no matter where they are currently, no matter the challenge, no matter the pain of the season, the best is still yet to come. He's not done yet. Uh, no matter how much I've messed up, uh, no matter how massively far short of the mark I am currently falling, Regardless of how disappointed I or other people may be in me right now, it's okay because God is not done yet. Hallelujah. I mean, that's great. And that's true. Be encouraged by that. But there's actually so much more going on here, it, more even than I could cover in this message, um, that we're likely to miss if we read this as simply as that. So let's briefly look at the good work that he is doing in us. Firstly, it's important to note that the commencing of this work began when we were adopted as children of our Father in heaven through submission of our lives to Jesus Christ by faith. It's what Paul says is the the partnership of the gospel from uh, in the gospel sorry from the first day until now he, he began this good work as we surrendered our lives to Christ and became his followers and therefore this good work is not being performed in those who do not know or follow Jesus Christ and let me just say that if that's you, if you don't know him, you can change that today and you can allow him in to begin that good work in you. Also, listen on because hopefully I'll reveal something to you of how and you can do that and why it would be beneficial for you to do that. Second thing I want you to note in this good works thing is that in the life of the believer, this good work is active. It's a work in progress. It's happening. It's been initiated and it will be concluded at a later date. And therefore, we are currently somewhere along this road of good work in us. It forms the journey of the Christian life. But what is it? What is this good work? It's what we refer to as sanctification. And it sounds like a complex word, but it's really about God making us holy and whole. It's about him restoring how we were intended to be in the first place, shaping and growing our character, forming us into the likeness of Jesus, his son. And this is amazing. So that the adopted become like the natural. 
the adopted children are made into the likeness of the blood children. Thirdly, note what God uses to do this work. And I haven't got time to reference everything here. Maybe Go Deeper Notes will help with that. But both Peter and James point to trial or discomfort and suffering as things that benefit and build our character and build our faith. In fact, you'll see this narrative time and time and time again throughout Scripture. So God uses all of our surrounding circumstances to shape this in us the good and the bad Uh, and that might sound bad but actually it means there's hope in the painful seasons because God is using it for this good work and and in Romans 8 we know it says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose and that's not saying that in all things God is working for your financial security or God is working for you to be just really jolly and happy but actually that he's working for the good of your character transforming you again and again more and more into the likeness of Christ and then finally in this section about the good works we know that he will complete it he won't leave you in limbo he's there's no purgatory that doesn't exist wherein you need to complete this good work before you are approved by God he is the one who is faithful to do the work and bring it to completion so wherever you are right now physically emotionally spiritually mentally God is not finished with you yet and it's his work And whether frustration or fear or boredom or whatever appears so real or so final or so immovable, however ongoing things seem, however protracted this season seems, he is not done yet. He will keep working in you until the day of Christ Jesus, i.e. until you meet him face to face. He started it in you and he will finish it. This is great news. You can take that to the bank. God is not done with you yet. It's his work in you. But the next thing that we need to look at is that actually this passage and this text is not about you. I'm I'm not saying that you cannot apply this truth on a personal level. But there is so much more going on here. Ask the question, who is the the you that Paul is talking to in this letter? He opens with the, the statement to all the saints in Philippi. And throughout the letter, he repeatedly says, all of you. It's plural. This is about the church. It's not about individualism, but as a collective a living, breathing unit. God's not simply preparing you and I individually, but rather he's preparing us collectively as a church to be his bride. Do you see that in this text? It's to be his. Now, please really listen carefully. This is a pivotal moment in this message. 
up to this point, I've outlined this as your story and my story. Uh, and I've done this because this is where we are. We're central in our own story as we see it. And you know that if you want to talk to somebody for a solid hour, then talk to them about themselves because they love to listen. We love to talk about ourselves. We're absorbed by our own story. Everything pivots around that. Our perceptions, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our discernments, and our perceived wisdom. But contrary to common belief, we are not the protagonists in our own story. We are not the hero. We are not the center of our world, even in our individual isolated lives and stories. In fact, it's, it's not our story at all. It's not your story. It is his story. You are a unique character created by the master author written into his story, the greatest story ever told that has characters like Solomon and Saul and, and David and Jesus. And you're written into this story as well. It's a story that has spanned the entire time that time itself has existed and beyond. But the author pre-exists the story and every jot written on the pages of time and space and existence serve one glorious and exclusive purpose, as Paul puts it, to the glory and praise of God. Now this is such a releasing, liberating and freeing concept that Paul, who is in chains, in prison, under persecution, facing prosecution, is able to see even this tough, cold chapter as part of a bigger and altogether more glorious outworking of God's narrative. And he says, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the the gospel, the good news, the good story, God's story. So when God says that he is author and perfecter or that he is the one who began a good work, he's not simply doing us a favor by showing up. He's, he's not simply doing this because you're just so cute and lovable and clever and wise and brave and godly that he simply can't resist you. He's doing this for his glory. Now, perhaps if you don't know Jesus, you might be feeling like that sounds a bit selfish of God. No, it's actually better for you by far. He is going to write the story far better than you can. And some of you out there will be feeling like you are messing up as you attempt to write your own story. Why don't you turn that over to God and let him be the author and the finisher of your story? He, his wisdom makes our best efforts look like foolishness. His creativity makes our greatest ingenuity look like the scrawled crayon works of a two-year-old. His love makes ours look like hatred. That's how great his love is. His holiness makes our attempts at holiness and righteousness look like filthy rags. And yet, when we come to him, he clothes us in his righteousness and begins a good work in us to move us like mountains being moved into the sea from a position of being a barrier and a blockage to a position of freedom and free access to him. You can have that today. 
we are beneficiaries of his glory. He, him being glorified, we benefit from directly. Do you love looking in wonder at the stars? They're illuminations of his glory. Do you, do you love to gaze at the mountain panoramas? They, they point to his glory. Do you love to hear the birds singing in the morning? They're singing out his glory. Uh, and the heart that is being transformed from glory into glory towards that likeness with Christ sings out, tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord, unnumbered blessings which give my spirit voice. Tender to me is the promise of his word in God, my saviour. Shall my heart rejoice this great God? He is the author and the finisher. He's the commencer and the concluder. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He's the starting and the finishing line. He's the king of creation and the author of life. He's he's not some undergrad who's trying his hand at his first novel. He needs no counsel, instruction or tuition. He is supremely able to to call into being that which does not currently exist. He has the perfect ability to transform the impossible into the possible. He's able to make streams flow in dry places. And he's able to turn floodwaters back from their path with just one word. I could go on, but I don't have enough words uh, and the universe does not have enough time or space to suitably describe him. What I will say that has direct relevance to you this morning is that he is to be feared, revered, held in awe, but he is good. He is wrathful against sin and wickedness, but compassionate towards the sick and the sinful, he, he demands perfect justice, but he exercises perfect mercy. He could swallow up the whole of creation with total destruction, and yet he lingers. He literally holds back in order to demonstrate perfect love. And he is a consuming fire, but he is unquenchably faithful. So we can trust him entirely for ourselves and for his church in in this very chapter now and in every season and trial that we see that this, even this works for the advancement of the gospel, the advancement of his story. As I wrap up, your sanctification, the outworking of this good work which he is progressing in you directly impacts his church because you are a living stone you are a living stone within its construction so yes this passage is about the church but the church involves you you're not an individual thing identity outside of the church you are part of the church you are uniquely one of these living stones there's no other stone like you god is doing something in you but it's about building the whole church and what is the church there to do to proclaim his glory so god's not finished with you yet 
He's not finished with his church yet. The author is still putting ink on the pages, but it's not your story, it's his. And that's far better. The build-up is necessary. The details are important. The timing is everything. So even in this uh, season, in this situation, God is working. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. So believer, your story is not your story. It's his story. He's writing it. He's in the twists and the turns. He's in the ups and the downs. So you can trust his faithfulness. You can trust his wisdom. He is for you and not against you. And because he's writing it, he's also writing himself intrinsically in it. So you can rest secure in that fact that through every season and in every detail, in perfect peace, this is for his glory. And because it's his story... He gets to conclude it his way, which in turn for us will lead into wonderful, eternal life. Great assurance with him in his glory, but he's not done yet. He's still working on it. And let me finish with this. If you don't know Jesus, then perhaps you feel like you're the one who is writing your own story. You're the master of your own ship, the the commander of your own destiny. You hold the pen and you decide what is written. Now, perhaps in part you are. Maybe you are able to govern some details of your story, but there are great forces that are dictating massive chunks of it and you are far less in control than you would possibly dare confront or imagine. Society, culture, upbringing, yes, all of those things work into our story, but also there are powerful spiritual forces contending for you. Now, perhaps all of this has been highlighted to your conscience this morning and maybe you're more aware of the fact that you're not really in control by the restrictions that surround this pandemic suddenly you can't just go where you want to go you can't just do what you want to do you can't just say what you want to say you can't have everything your way and maybe that's highlighted to you in the season that you're less in control than you thought you were why don't you turn your story over to the master author because somebody else is writing your story for you right now why not let that be the one who has proved himself because he is the author of life stop trying to write it yourself and come to him he's able to do more than you can ask of him or even imagine possible And all of this is from and for his glory. But I promise you, you will benefit from bringing yourself into the presence of his glory. I encourage you to do that today. And I'm just going to pray for you now, if that's you. Just I I encourage you to pray, ask God, seek him out in your heart now and tell him that you want to stop trying to write your own story and you want to let him become the author, the one who will begin today a good work in you that will carry on until the day he completes it and you meet Jesus face to face. 
So, Lord God, I just pray for those this morning who don't yet know you. I pray that they would, through this, uh, hear your voice, not my voice, Lord, but yours this morning, in the depths of their heart, and be confronted with the reality that they are not as in control as they thought they were, and that they can yet turn their lives over to the one who will be faithful and good with their story, unite them into part of this church as a living stone, and secure for them eternal life in the splendor of your majesty and glory so lord would you do that today Uh, lord if that person is there on the other end of this computer lord that you would lead them to pray to you to to give their lives to you to choose to follow you and listen for your voice and instruction in their lives Lord, for believers today, I pray that you would also encourage and equip and embolden them, that they would see that this season, even this season, and even if the enemy has meant it for harm, you repurpose, you are faithful, you are doing a good work in us, and you will carry on. You will keep putting ink on the page of our lives until you bring it to your conclusion, which will be altogether more glorious than we could dare imagine. So we thank you. We glorify you. Thank you, author of life. Thank you, King Jesus, for stepping into our story and making us part of yours. So help us to see that and be encouraged in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.